0: The text uh, calls for our attention this day is our gospel reading for today from Luke chapter 10, that parable of the Good Samaritan, and especially these words which conclude it. Jesus said, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do life on me. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Many days growing up, I turned on public television as Mr. Rogers would come into his house, take off his dress shoes, place on his slippers, change his sweater, and then begin to sing with a smile on his face. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? I admit, hearing that song over and over again in my childhood, I never really thought much about what it was saying. I just knew it meant that this friendly man was inviting me in to his make-believe neighborhood for a little entertainment for a half an hour or so. But as I read the parable of the Good Samaritan again this week, that song came back to mind and all of a sudden I realized that that little ditty might have a little more to teach than I ever thought at the time. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, this lawyer of the law of God approaches Jesus and asks him the million dollar question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Indeed, it's probably the most important question you could ask in life, and ask to just the right person. Jesus simply replies, well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered the question quickly and concisely. This lawyer had no trouble with that question. After all, he was a lawyer of the law who studied the word of God and the law of God over and over again. The law was clear. The law could be summarized quickly in those two ways. Love God and love neighbor. He had certainly almost, uh, almost certainly repeated those two points over and over again in the temple. Jesus, hearing this answer, simply replied, Do this and you shall live. For after all, if one could do those two things perfectly, They would inherit eternal life on the last day. The lawyer had simply restated what God had said in the law. People were to fear and love and trust in God above all things. They were to have faith in him and his marvelous ways of salvation. And secondly, that love they had for God was then to be turned outward upon the neighbor. Love was to be shown towards those in need. If there was perfect, unending, relentless faith in God and perfectly intended and completed works towards the neighbor, well, then that would result in eternal life. But it's just then that the lawyer opened his mouth again and in so doing inserted that proverbial foot into it. For when he spoke, he made clear what he was trying to do. The text says it clearly, he was trying to justify himself. Yes, he thought he could follow the law perfectly if he had only the answer to one question. And who is my neighbor? Yes, this man sought to please God and earn eternal life through his specific works. And since that's how he thought he would approach God, well, he needed to know exactly what was required to make the cut. He asked, who is my neighbor? in order to clarify what he was required to do and also what he could refrain from doing and still be able to enter through the pearly gates. Surely not everyone is my neighbor, he asserted with his question. Oh sure, he was to think about his neighbors who were Israelites, who were good, upstanding people who he respected, and he was to show them love. But certainly, the law could not mean that everyone was your neighbor to be loved. After all, who could do that? Who was his neighbor? That's what he wanted to know, and he wanted to know in order that he could, in his own mind, justify his works, his actions, before the Holy God. Well, Jesus answered that question with the parable that most of us are familiar with. A certain man is walking down the road, He's robbed, he's beaten, he's left for dead. A priest walks by and passes by on the other side. Soon a Levi comes down, this a Levite rather comes down the same street, sees the man and also proceeds to walk to the other side and walk by. But then lastly, a Samaritan of all people, one of the great enemies of the Jews in God or in Jesus' day, saw the injured man. And surprisingly in the parable, he is the one who went to him, bound up his wounds, placed him on his donkey, and led him to an inn where he could get more help. He paid for the man's stay, and then assured that he would come and pay any additional ma- bills that the man might incur. At the end of all that, Jesus simply asked, who then was a neighbor to this man? And at that, in that way, he left the lawyer with no choice but to answer, well, the one who showed mercy to him. And Jesus simply said, go and do likewise. You see, Jesus changed the question on the lawyer. The lawyer had asked, who is my neighbor? Jesus answered, who was a neighbor to that man? And in changing that question, Jesus revealed that the real question was not about defining who could or should be helped and who could or should be neglected, but rather the real question was, what does one who has received mercy from God look like as he sees need in the world? You see, a man who loves God, whose faith is directing his life, does not ask, who is my neighbor? In order to try to rule some people out, But instead, ask of anyone in need, as Mr. Rogers sang so sweetly, won't you be my neighbor? Yes, they are simply looking for an opportunity to help someone in need. The one who has received God's mercy and truly understands what a blessing that is, wishes to look outside for others to help as well. Surely the lawyer that day must have been crushed by this story and by the truths that Jesus revealed through it. Surely he had to know deep in his heart that he had not shown such mercy always in his life to everyone. And surely you and I know it as well about ourselves. For we know at times we struggle to help those whom we like and whom we trust let alone those whom we have some reason to distrust or dislike. And when we realize this, when we realize that we are often not merciful, what is then that we should realize that we are not the ones asking who we should give mercy to, but rather in that moment are the ones who desperately need mercy. In that moment, we realize that we are robbed of our health by sin, that we are left lying in a pool of our own unrighteous actions. Oh, many would pass by us as well, assuming we are not worth the trouble, but our Lord Jesus came all the way down from heaven to where we are to help us. He binds us up. He heals our wounds by taking our wounds into his own flesh He carries the burden of our sin all the way to the cross. And arriving there at the cross, he assures the Father that he will pay the entire price required for our healing. Jesus was the truest neighbor to us, and he is to all. He saw us in dreadful need and took care of all of our needs without any cost to us. And we continue to receive all of the benefits of this neighborly love of Jesus each time we come into his house. Each time we hear of his love from the scriptures or hear that word of absolution, that word of forgiveness, we receive it again. Each time we're blessed to see a child welcomed into the kingdom of God at the baptismal font, we see that neighborly love. And each time we receive Christ's body and blood into our mouths at his altar, There again, that love comes to us. Through those means, Jesus says to us time and time again, and to all who will listen, won't you be my neighbor? He invites everyone to receive his care. He begs of us that he might shower us with his love. And today we must learn. Learn to ask that same question of our near-dead world. As ones who have received the help of Jesus, we should have eyes that are looking around for those who are in need, looking for someone to befriend, looking for someone to be neighborly towards. For we all must be careful, for it is much easier to do what the lawyer wanted to do, to try to identify who our neighbors might be rather than to be neighborly to all. But if we do that, well, we should know this, In the end, we often will overlook those who most need our care and our attention. If we just look to those who we already like or who might do something good back to us or who might be of some use to us in the future, we will for sure not extend our love to those who in the moment may have nothing to give back but who might be in true need. Yes. It could be as simple as a neighbor, literally, who lives down the street, or a friend that you know at work. Somebody that is in deep need and simply needs Christ's care to come to them through you. Yes, we learn today from Jesus that we are called to be neighborly precisely to those who have nothing to offer us in return. For that's what grace is. It's how we received it. And it's how we are blessed to give it away. For we who have been dead alongside the road and have received God's cares are now blessed to go out and to be that good Samaritan in our world whenever we find a person in need. We ask not, who is my neighbor? But rather beseech all who are near dead in their sin and in their troubles. Won't you be my neighbor? We beg them that we might be neighbor to them. For that is what Christ has done for us. And we wish to heed his words, that we would go forth and do likewise. Amen.